Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Short Straw Podcast. I'm Zane. In this week's episode, I thought we'd have a little bit of fun as the half-term period draws to a close. I think one thing we can all agree on that we love, even if it's only occasionally, it's music. Music is sometimes even the simplest way for someone to take their mind off of life's stresses. And during the COVID lockdowns, we've heard a lot about how many young people have been using their extra time to engage in all sorts of creative ventures and endeavours. And one person that's taken the opportunity to create music is my friend James, whom I have with me today to talk about his life as a teenage DJ and producer. So James, thank you very much for being here. Hi Zane, great to see you again, albeit virtually. Thanks for having me on the show, big, big fan. No worries, thank you, thank you for your kind words. Can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? I can indeed. Hi guys, I'm James, I'm 16, I live in Seven Oaks, Kent. And I'm a DJ and producer. Nice. So James, you know, I've known you for quite a few years now. I think it's almost getting to the point where it's too many years. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but, you know, I've, I've seen how much you've liked music and I've listened to countless songs with you and just sort of tried to understand this passion of yours. And it's really interesting to me to see what you've done with that and now where you are. I never realised that us bonding over a Martin Garrick song, for example, would turn into you becoming a DJ. And, yeah. you know, I'm curious, what exactly is it that you're doing? Yeah, so essentially, I'm just trying to grow as an artist, be, become more well-known in the industry, essentially try and be the next big thing. You know, headline, in 10 years, headline these major festivals. Yeah, just, you know, just having fun. Yeah, I I mean, I think that's probably the most important thing at the end of the day is even when you're sort of trying to become the next big thing, as you said you were, you've got to have a bit of fun with it, right? And I suppose it's going to be fun either way if it really means something to you, right? Yeah, you've got to do what you love. Yeah, exactly. And actually on that, how long have you been DJing? Yeah, so I got my first DJ deck when I was about 10 years old. I don't really know what I was doing took me a couple of years till I actually realised what I actually had to do with it. But, you know, I was just playing around with it, doing whatever. And then when I was about 12, I started experimenting with, like, actually making my own music because that's what all the big DJs do. If if you want to be a successful DJ, you need to make your own music. Mm -hmm. So I realised that, and that's when I started, like, actually trying to make my own music. But then only in, like, towards the end of 2019... Morphed from a hobby into what I actually wanted to like take seriously and have as a possible career, yeah, and like just base my life off it. Yeah, I mean, I think that makes sense. And you know, you've said now that you've wanted to base your life off it. Why did you decide to to sort of make that transition from just a bit of a hobby to something that you were really passionate about? As you said, like it has been a passion of mine for you know most of my life so far. And, you know, just seeing these guys that I aspire to be and just kind of trying to follow in their footsteps, essentially, and just travel the world, playing music, having fun, you know, it's, it's the dream. Yeah, no, I think that's true. And I think that's probably quite a fair, you know, desire to have for your life, you know, just enjoying yourself making music and and you're making good music, to be fair. Thank you. No, no worries. Um, <laughs> which... Which artists have inspired your music? Because you have a debut single out um, as of, I think it was October, right? Yeah, 
October 23rd. Yeah. But so, you know. I'd say Martin Gax overall has been my main influence. You know, he's the reason I got into it. Mm. And not just his music, but his persona, how he carries himself, everything, like the whole package. He's just a really good role model. But then in terms of business models, the Chainsmokers, by far, biggest influence as, you know, they make more commercial pop music as such. But then they combine that with their DJ sets where they play literally whatever. They play trap, house, they play everything throwbacks I mean they just go up there and have fun and they combine the two Mm. and they have these sick shows they make really commercial popular music and they just combine the two and it's essentially a flawless business plan that is the most it gives you the most chance to have be super successful compared to say people who just make a more niche kind of music because they love it where then they are suddenly struck with like financial issues and stuff mm. they're not say the best in that specific area right yeah no it gives you a bit more stability i suppose yeah um you know actually on that have you ever done a dj gig have you ever done a set well not as copyright of yet but i have played at the school socials oh okay well that's not so bad it's interesting you know that top top uh, number of people 400 people so far so you know oh. it's all right but you know they like their hip-hop and rap music so it's interesting definitely it's definitely not, an interesting gig to play are you not a big fan of hip-hop and rap no no i'm more down the edm path but you know yeah there, there's there's the old song that i like i like to uh, take my influences from everywhere where possible yeah yeah no that's fair um and, you know, actually sort of talking about that ideal of being able to go out and sort of travel the world and really just sort of have fun with your life, as you mentioned, how much of a time commitment at this age is your music career? Does it get in the way of your schoolwork? You know, what, like, how does it work? Yeah, well, I think that since I'm only like just starting, essentially, the amount of time that I have to put in isn't like consuming up my life Mm. and the balance between school and music actually is quite good because in the week I'm focusing more on schoolwork, sport, stuff like that and then on the weekends I can focus more on music and it gives me like a nice balance where I have to just go every day make music, make music like a robot. It's just kind of it. It's like a part of my life, but it's not consuming it. Eventually, obviously, when I leave school and if it's really taking off, then it will become more basically my whole life. But for now, there's quite a nice balance between the two. I think that's good. I think it's important as well, because, you know, at least at least it makes sure that you're creating your music when you're most sort of mentally available for that so when you're feeling creative you can maybe sit down and just have a little go and it'll sort of isolate you from everything else that's going on but at the same time it's not consuming you i think that's a really big point and i think that's actually quite a helpful thing um for everyone to know for all of our listeners you know like if you have something that you're passionate about no one's saying that it needs to consume your life and in fact as you've just heard from james you know it can be one of those things that you just sort of turn to as a bit of respite and something that makes you happy whilst keeping the regular balance of the rest of your life. 
Um, and James, Obviously, you will eventually have you do have to put in the hours, but you don't have to like on the weekend. I will sit in my bedroom for a lot of the time, yeah. either listening to music, finding new artists, trying to come up with stuff. But yeah. as a whole, it's not like taking over everything. It's not like I'm sitting there all day, every day, thinking about music. Exactly. It's just exactly. And thing is, you've got that mindset whilst you have a brand for your music. And it's it goes by copyright, I believe. Would you mind telling us a little bit about that? How did it come about? What is it? Yeah, so my artist alias is copyright. It's not how it came about is a pretty uninspiring story, <laughs> if, I, if I must say. Right. Uh, essentially, I was just sitting in the car one day thinking of, because I've been for ages thinking of what the hell could I actually call yeah. myself? Because I didn't want to call myself James Huddy. That's <laughs> a bit boring. But um, so I was sitting there and I had this T-shirt on and it had like copyright written on it and some stuff. Yeah. And I thought, that's interesting. Let me take out all the vowels, whack it in capital letters <laughs> and boom, there we go. It was born. So it's big and big and bold, and it does stand out. To be fair, because it's quite unusual spelling, but everyone knows what it's saying. And yeah, that is that is crucial when you're taking out the vowels because <laughs> that can go a bit sideways. Yeah, it could have gone badly obvious. wrong. Um, no, but I I actually think it's quite a cool name, and you know it it does directly relate to the music industry in the sense that songs get copyrighted, and you know people yeah. deal with it's always there. All the time. Yeah, exactly. It's it's an ever occurring thing so yes. now whenever someone hears copyright they think ah oh, copyright music copyright james huddy that's yeah. the one if they don't if, if they don't think of that now hopefully they'll think of that in the future hopefully i think i think soon enough they will i definitely I, I can definitely get behind that um we've mentioned that you have a debut single and that came out in october of 2020 what was it like sort of making a song? What was that process like for anyone out there who's trying to start maybe a production career? What was the process like? Yeah, well, first of all, I'd say it's an extremely long process. Okay. Even though mine was relatively short in music industry terms, it's still probably I finished the song in about mid-August, early August, only got a vocalist for it like mid-September, and then signed it and got it released by October 23rd. But some of the songs I've got out, like uh, a, cl a collaboration I've got with Wazyu, who's a, a rapper, it's, I finished the track probably late July, early August. Took him about 11 weeks to get me the vocals. And then that one's finished, and that one's getting stored away, essentially, for I don't even know how long. It could be a while. But... Some of these songs, you know, people finish them and then like they only get released two years later. Like right. waiting for labels to respond to takes can take months. Yeah. Um, then like actually once you've signed that contract and doing all the promotion and everything before it, there's it's just an extremely long process. You're not in it for the short term. Yeah. If you think it's just gonna be like overnight, it's but it's not. It's right. gonna take you it's going to take you quite a while. Like, for example, the Chainsmokers, they were playing like 300 shows a year when they were starting. And it was literally, they just worked so hard. And eventually, over time, they eventually got to that point where they made Selfie. 
that was their big break. Yeah. And then that kind of got them rolling. But unfortunately, they had to uh, do quite a lot to uh, get rid of this idea that they were novelty DJs. <laughs> so, I mean, you, have to, you, you do have to really invest in the process. You have to make sure that you know what you're getting into. So for anyone out there who is thinking of becoming a DJ or a producer, um, do make sure that you're aware of the fact that it is definitely a long process. And would you say that you've, you've been rejected from labels numerous times? Yeah, loads of times. Most of the time I'm getting rejected, which is annoying, but it's, it all works out in the end. If you, if the music's good, someone will like it. It just, you know, it just depends on, getting them to find the right label, sending it to them at the right time. Because sometimes songs, you know, one year the label say, no, we don't want to sign that. And then suddenly one little, like, support from a DJ or something, and then suddenly they all want to sign it. And it's just, it's pretty, there's a lot of luck involved and it's a very laborious process. But mm. when you, uh, when, when, when the songs finally get released and it, they do well, then it's pretty, pretty rewarding. No, I, I think I definitely agree. Uh, it, it seems like it's something that's sort of just when it gets released, it just validates all that hard work and effort. And it's something that you can be proud of at the end of the day, you know. And would, yeah. would you say that, that that particular point about being patient and understanding that it's it's about just investing in it so that you're not bogged down when you get rejected or something like that, would you say that's what you wish you had known about DJing before you started? Yeah, I feel like that is definitely the most the number one thing people should know when they're starting. They're going to get rejected loads. It's going to take you quite a long time. I mean, these the guys who are like big now, they probably start they started like fifteen years ago. Yeah, and it just takes you just got to keep on putting in the time, putting in the effort, doing research, doing you know everything that comes along with it, and then eventually, if your music is good enough and it's meaningful to you and other people then eventually things will start to happen but you just got to wait and you you can't like take the rejections personally or anything that mm. happened to everyone yeah no I, th- I think that makes a lot of sense actually and um on that do you do you have any new music coming out yeah so i've got my next singles out on the 26th of march right and then i've got about three three songs that I'm waiting to hear back for labels that will get released sometime in the next couple of months. Then two other songs that I'm currently wait like working with the vocalists on right now. Right. And then a couple others that I'm like keeping like for a bit. And then obviously just always making new stuff. Cool. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty excited. I have to say I. I will have a link to James's first song, Too Much, in the bio for this episode. It is also on Spotify, so be sure to give it a give it a little listen. James, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much for all of your insights. I, I really did enjoy hearing about everything that you've done uh, in the last few years to, to sort of launch this journey that you've got. To everyone listening, thank you for taking the time. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, Again, James, I'm sure this will make for great listening. And I really hope that, you know, any budding musicians out there are going to be inspired by by your journey. Um, Thank you. Hopefully we can uh, do it again sometime soon. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think 100%. Um, Everyone out there, 
please don't hesitate to get in touch with us and share your story or make any suggestions. We're going to have the short straw Instagram and email address in our bio as usual, as well as James's music account, copyright, um, and a link to his song too much. So be sure to check it out and show his work some love and support. So James, thank you again. And to all of you out there listening, thank you very much for taking the time. Please stay safe, stay happy, look after your families and friends in these challenging times. And I'll see you in the next one. Bye for now.